1: Welcome to Wandering DMs. I'm Paul. And I'm
0: Dan. And on this episode of Wandering DMs, we have very special guest, Luke Gygax, who's currently planning for GaryCon13 later this month. Luke, thanks so much for being with us.
2: It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Luke has so many stories that I felt really bad that we had to cut him off before we, <laughs> as, as we actually got online here. Um, I'll also remind uh, viewers that uh, we are uh, presented today with the help of our friends at Describe.com with a special uh, offer for viewers, but more on that at the end of the show. Um, so, of course, Luke, the, the main thing that we want to talk to you about today is the preparations for GaryCon 13 that's happening in the end of the month. I think that's March 25th through 28th, I think. And the, the big question I'm sure on everybody's mind is
2: is is this year, do we get to be in person or is it online? So my initial plan was of course, to have a physical convention. I thought we would beat uh, COVID by this time and we'd all be able to gather together. But unfortunately, as everybody knows, uh, the winter, the fall and the winter really took a bad turn. And so I had to call off a physical convention and we're all 100% virtual or ethereal. So Gary Khan is an ethereal <laughs> form this year. Uh, we're not able to go uh, it 's a material Gary con uh, however uh, we've got this down pretty good at this point uh running the the virtual side of it we've all had a lot of practice we've got some great you know great people who are who are doing it last year, and for twelve we shifted inside of two weeks and we had uh, two thousand people participate and about six hundred events uh, this year uh, we have over eight hundred and fifty events tickets are still available we got Plenty of cool events. Adventures League came out huge. Uh, my friend Thomas Valley has five brand new uh, adventures written specifically for GaryCon. Uh, They'll be exclusives uh, to GaryCon and come, you know be published available afterwards if you can't make it for some reason. But yeah, so hop on to play.garycon.com and uh, get yourself a badge. Awesome.
1: Mean, I'm curious. Though, so having having done it twice now, are there, were there any like big lessons you learned from uh,
2: from twelve that you're that mm-hmm. you're
1: Changing things for thirteen at all?
2: Well, yes. What we did is uh, we've got people registering earlier, so we're opening up registration this month, uh, yeah. so people get some direct, you know, some direct mail, so that they can come in, uh, assign, uh, link their badge, <clears throat> you know, pick their, pick up their badge, link it with their Discord ID, uh, so that they can we can rapidly communicate with them through Discord, so that mm-hmm. they can find their events or hey, I I'm the DM. Oh, geez, I got to change my where I'm doing this or whatever we can get in touch with those people rapidly and Excellent. they won't miss their event. There won't be all that confusion because there's a lot of churn. Uh, a lot of, uh, there was a, a ton of confusion. I mean, I don't know about, you guys were probably very savvy and had been using, you know, virtual uh, virtual gaming <laughs> systems and BTTs a bunch. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I was a little resistant to the idea, uh, but I've had to embrace it a bit more because I wanted to game. And, yeah. and how else yeah. are we going to, how else are we going to keep that community and that camaraderie uh, other than doing this? And so I know many people prefer to be in person. Uh, we prefer to be able to, you know, have a, a Spotted Cow beer. That's the that's the official beer of Gary Con. Um, it, it, well, <clears throat> there's a reason why. So Gygax, <laughs> is a, so Gygax is a Swiss name, right? So it's it's Gygax in, in Switzerland. And it's actually pretty common around the Barren area. There's a ton of them. But in the United States, there's very few of us. Ah, uh, pretty much. You're probably related to me if your name is Gygax. Yes. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Yeah, there's there's only one time. Uh, there's one time I met someone who who recognized my name, and I'm going, okay, here we go. He's going to say, "Is your dad Gary Gygax. He's like, "Are you related to Frank Gygax? He's like, no, "No, no, I'm not." He's like, "Oh, he owns a farm up there." I was like, "Okay, it was in California, so yeah, up in Northern funny. California." <laughs> so I was like, "Oh no, nope. Honestly, I'm not. No, I just want to go." Uh, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> but it's a swiss name and so and we, we grew up in lake i grew up in lake Geneva, and there's a, a swiss little well, swiss town called new in uh in eastern uh, wisconsin so we'd go there for the william tell festival we'd go have you know lot jäger and and rushti and schnitzel and all sorts of good germanic foods and watch the william tell festival and the new glarus brewery is my dad enjoyed going to the glarus brewery and eating in their kitchen their Rotskeller, and and that sort of stuff so uh, and he had a shirt that said like Swiss Power and had a Swiss flag on it, silly. <laughs> and but you know, William Telford. So that was just what, something we did, you know, as, as a family. And so when my father passed away, and we started holding a uh, you know Gary Con. In case folks don't know, <laughs> uh, Gary Con is a is a it's a memorial uh, it's a memorial convention held in honor of my father Gary Gygax, who was the co creator of of Dungeons and Dragons. It was published in 1974. You know, he worked on it. Uh, was exposed to it in about 72 with uh, Dave Artisan and his fantasy game. And then, you know, kind of merged and put rules and packaged it all together in 73. And there was a whole saga to get it published, obviously. Uh, but it finally came out in 74. So it's been around for a minute. Uh, but when my father passed away in 2008, uh, it was a very, obviously, you know, horrible event. If any, anyone who's lost a parent can can kind of understand how that is. And it really hits you like a just a ton of bricks, right? You mm-hmm. feel like you're in those days. And what my family and I found is, and, and I, I was honestly surprised by it's just how many people reached out by email or, or phone calls, I was in, I was in recruiting command at the time, and just uh, uh, <laughs> like, you know, find my number. And just some people would call, and, like, you know, the day or day after my father died, and of course, I answered it, because, you know, it's my job. But uh, you know, they'd say, "Hey, oh, I didn't expect you to answer. I just want to leave a message." And your father was a huge impact on me, and you know, with some other officer in the in the, in the California car, and it was just it was amazing. So, so that thousands of emails, uh, people driving, just driving to Lake Geneva. Yeah. they didn't necessarily really? know us, but they just drove to Lake Geneva like wow. on a coat And I was like, okay. So I knew my dad created the role playing game genre, and he was a pretty big influence around how you know, classic adventures and in rule sets and, and that influenced some things, but I didn't realize the extent of the cultural influence, and I didn't realize the great impact it had on many individuals, the good it had done. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm such a big proponent, uh, getting out in gaming, uh, advancing uh, the power of role playing gaming and the positive aspects of it and um, trying to carry on my father's legacy, uh, because of the positive Impact that gaming brings to people, and just for instance, and there may be people watching who, who had these sorts of experiences. I heard uh, <clears throat> a, a, a guy who helps with GaryCon actually. Uh, I was asking him, "Hey, man, why do you do so much work? You do a lot of events, a lot of virtual events. You help out with a lot of virtual events, including GaryCon." And he said, "Well, I was a 13-year-old kid. I was in a tough spot. Had some family problems at home, and I went." to go talk to your dad and you could see something was wrong in my eyes that some some event had happened and he was a little impacted and so my dad spotted that when he was signing his book he's like hey kid uh hey you want to go let's go sit down and chat for a minute and being a parent you had five kids at that time he just sat him down and talked to him and uh cheered him up made sure everything was okay he signed his book he said hey what's your address i'll send you a little gift pack or whatever it is and sure enough he stuck to his word he sent him uh, a (laughs) bunch of cool stuff and every year, this person would come to Gen Con and would talk to him, you know, and he'd reintroduce himself. And he'd be like, Oh, yeah, sorry, I remember you. And like the six or seven he's you know, now an adult. He's like, Did you really just introduce yourself to me again? Come on. I know you meet so many people. He's like, no. And so they corresponded a little bit. and They, you know, they kept in touch. And that was so impactful to him and made helped him out so much it he's become a huge advocate, you know, also role playing and being able to escape from what was a negative environment temporarily, and to feel empowered and to be somebody else for a bit of time helped. Uh, other kids, young people would see the artwork, or they would see somebody playing, they'd be like, this looks really cool. They might have had some sort of learning disability, whatever that may be. Yeah. And so it was very frustrating to try to learn, you know, scholastic you know, stuff at school. But the, the you know, they, man, I really want to do this. So they would put hours in to be able to read those books. And of course, if anyone's read like AD&D, which was my dad's favorite system is kind of, you know, what he his kind of Magnus Opus. Uh, it's written in high guy you I think is what some people say. So he liked <laughs> but he, he, and he, yeah. Yeah, he He liked to use words that were not well known, because he wanted you to stretch when you read the book. And he hmm. said, words have specific meanings. And there's, uh, you know, there's more specific words that are going to make it sound, you know, which are going to communicate my idea more exactly. And and plus, he just liked, he liked big college words. uh, (laughs) You know, on
0: that point, I I think about, so two weeks back, Paul and I had a show where we were discussing uh, DMs guides, like through different editions, (laughs) actually. And part of that discussion is I was saying, uh, your father's uh, AD&D DMs guide is the, The single book that I've read the most, um, and at the time I absolutely said that it completely shaped my vocabulary and my writing style and, uh, you know, personally playing D&D and, uh, uh, you know, for me, analyzing the, the, the probability and the strategy and statistics, you fast forward from when I was a teenager to a little bit later, I'm like, oops, I'm a professor of mathematics. And I, that kind of <laughs> accidentally happened from, uh, from analyzing your father's works, actually. And um, obviously, everybody says that your your father was incredibly uh, generous with his time. Uh, and, and that anecdote there was a pretty good one. At some point, I never met your father in person. But at some point, um, uh, I got his email address. And, you know, asked him a couple of questions by email. And he he very generously and very warmly replied with full answers. And even the time, I think I was thinking to myself, if I was advising Mr. Gygax, I would have said, don't spend time on that. What are you doing? That's not, <laughs> a, that's not a good use of your time, responding <laughs> to individual emails. But nonetheless, he, he always had, he always had time for individual people when they, when they presented themselves to him, which to, my, to, to this day is, like, really astounding to me.
2: Yeah, he, he strove to answer. Yeah, that was important to, him, to to answer every email because he would say, "I'm a gamer. I'm just a gamer who created a game, and you guys like it." But he didn't think that he was, you know, superior in some way to other folks, uh, and so you know, you would be deserving of respect. I also think uh, he didn't get out of the house as much later on uh, in his life. He had some health health issues, and it was just hard to get out and travel as much, and it cost money. Uh, And uh, so I think he found this connection, the internet was just a wonderful blessing to him, so he could chat and have these conversations uh, with people, as opposed to having to face to face them or do it by mail. If you remember, he came out of the 60s and 70s, where he would do a lot of play by mail, all the correspondence on rules and stuff by mail, telephone calls used to cost money, remember that be like, you know, 50 <laughs> cents or a, a dollar a minute, right, to call a long distance. That was no joke. That was, yeah,
1: yeah. you
2: have to remember my, my we were very poor. And um, so a couple of things you talked about uh, the tables in there and, and how that stimulated you in statistics, and that sort of thing. So my father was an insurance underwriter, um, at fireman's fund insurance, uh, and he was fired in I think October of 1970, one month before I was born. And he, he he, my mom agreed uh, with him to, that he should pursue his dream of writing. And as a, a way to kind of bring in enough income to keep his family of five going, uh, he was uh, he bought some shoe repair equipment from a family the gentleman had just passed away and his son didn't want to be a, a shoe repairman. And so my dad got the equipment put it in the basement and uh, he did repair and wrote a lot of stuff. And that's how he's able to write D&D. But all the tables and that sort of stuff, uh, the probabilities came, all, you know, came out of wargaming. You know, w- when you fired this millimeter cannon at, at the front slope of an armor that's so thick, is a you know, what's the chance it's going to pierce? Right, you know, how about the side, and back? So, you, and they realized, well, two d six only gives you certain probability curves, and so they had to use different types of dice, and <clears throat> that's the whole dice thing is very is very. Interesting. Uh, as well so that's another rabbit hole we can go down. <laughs> but yeah he was he was an insurance underwriter uh so, so that's where that's where he got a lot of that stuff and he was right. he was generous with his time because he loved it he this he loved to play games just as a for instance people would come by and knock on his door it's uh, 316 madison street where he used to leave, live in lake geneva and uh they'd say uh hi are, are you gary gygax you know he'd be on the porch you know writing you have his bird goggles or his book or his you know his binoculars and bird book and you know his ashtray and several books spread out. And he, he's like, Yeah, he's like, Yeah, sure. Hi, right, what's going on? I'm, like, oh, I'm a big fan. He's like, "Well, come on in and have a cup of iced tea or whatever. And then you'd rap with him. And if you know, if he was short a person in his game, he'd be like, Well, do you want to play on Thursdays? <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> brought, he brought in like <laughs> six people that way. I, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. He just, and so uh, that's how people would come into the gaming group. And yeah, so he was very down to earth. He wasn't if I can
1: ask Luke, I'm kind of curious. Uh something I've always kind of wondered about is just like how big were those games? I think I think Dan and I often kind of chuckle over the, yeah. the line in the original edition that says that it's for up to fifty players. <laughs> I'm like, really? Were there were there fifty people? <laughs> like, how big
2: were these games? No. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's Really? I never saw him run a fifty-person game. That seems like <laughs> okay. you might okay. have gotten that one wrong. All right, yeah, you might have gotten that one. Wrong. Uh, the biggest group I ran for, I think, was twenty-four people, and that was a nightmare. Yeah, and you really got to be—you've yeah. got to just be ruthless in in when you're going around the table. Like, what are you doing? Um, well, okay, great. That's what you're doing. How about you? You better <laughs> like you need to tell me, or you're done. Like that's it. Yeah. So it was thirty. Well, edition, on that- so it was like, oh my god. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Like on that point actually was it always like like the games that that your father or you run like was it always literally around the table or do you do this like third fifth edition thing where everybody's got their own number
2: Oh in your preference? yeah uh, yeah pretty much it was it was party initiative for the most part unless there could be some rare occasions where maybe you're on s- separate areas or it's going to be really important then he might break it down but typically it was groupish with a d6 and 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 you could use. Sometimes we'd use dex adjustment. Not.
0: Only. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting.
2: Interesting. It's more. this more simplified. Uh, so people ask about. People ask about like, uh, speed, weapon speed factors. If we're talking AD and D, if you remember, that was one of the yeah. charts in there, right? So he included that for the war gamers who were griping about. Well, that's not realistic. Of uh, you know, this kind of polearm would cut this armor more easily. So he's like, okay, or it's slower, or whatever. He's like, okay, here's all this stuff for you guys, but we never.
0: I was just looking. Actually, it's funny because I was just uh, writing a blog about that last night. I was inspecting that very table kind of closely last night. So if for 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 people for anyway, for followers of my blog in two weeks, they're going to see a a fairly large blog post on exactly what Luke was talking about. Um, So thank you for for bringing that up. Um, So I noticed in the chat we had for some reason, we have uh, a chat of mostly apparently everybody's in Toronto, Canada, um, is what I is what I see today. Um, and, you know, I kind of bring it back to, to Gary con a little bit. Uh, there is a mm-hmm. silver lining because, you know, there are some people that have wanted to participate in Gary con for many years, but maybe the travel is super difficult. And I had a friend, uh, I had an online friend from Scotland and the only time I ever met him in person a number of years ago is he was traveling through New York. On the way from Scotland to Garycon specifically, and talking about all the amazing things he was going to do at Garycon and all the amazing people he was going to meet. And um, I, I see, uh, actually, John Scott is in the chat right at the moment, and we were talking on the AD and Facebook group earlier this morning about even going from Toronto to you know Garycon in person would be difficult. So, do you do you find that there are some people like last year, this year that are getting to participate for the first time because it's virtual? Is that like a little bit of a silver lining?
2: That is, and I think uh, GaryCon is global uh, this year, so there's no reason. And I, I I've been saying that we started streaming yesterday. Yesterday, doing the march to GaryCon every Saturday, we're streaming on uh, GaryCon Gaxmore uh, channel, and it's really just to spread the word, let people know, and, and I try to you know, post on social media, everything. there's no reason, there's no limit. Come to GaryCon, we got plenty of events, we'll, we're happy to take you please join in the celebration. I'm able to, uh, uh, my friend Heath uh, Farndon from Australia came to GaryCon eight. And he's wanted to come back ever since he was going to come this year, but he couldn't do it, you know, so and that's, that's a heck of a trip from Australia. That's. Uh, but he just had such a, a, a wonderful time. He's been dying to come back. And we have people who come from like another guy comes from Thailand, another guy from Russia, several from England, you know, all over who actually make that journey to come to Italy as well. um, uh, To come to come to GaryCon that that's hard, you know, I understand that's, that's very, that's very difficult. I plan on keeping the virtual aspect going. uh, So that maybe people can come every other year, every third year. But yes, by all means, we have people running events. 24. I think we got 24 hours. Uh, We got some people in Europe, people in Australia, you know, uh, come play. And if you're in another uh, area of of the world, uh, plan on running events uh, in your time zones for your, uh, your local groups or your, your folks uh, in whatever language you prefer to run. You know, because D&D is in I don't know how many languages, but uh, lots and lots, I mean, uh, it doesn't have to be in English. It doesn't have to be in the United States. There's there's nothing about that. Gaming is global. Welcome, everybody. And I think the more people who are gathering together celebrating. And uh, remembering, uh, remembering kind of who my dad was and, and the positive aspects of, of D&D and other role-playing games, what we've done uh, for our culture worldwide, happy to do it. So, so yes, thank you for bringing that up. I, I, I should have mentioned that. There's, we're <laughs> around the clock. We're global. There's no restriction. I'm, I'm kind of curious. I, I think
1: I heard you mention, like, you're, are you planning next year to continue to have some virtual component, even if the main event is in person and live?
2: Oh, yeah, we better be able to get the person.
1: <laughs> next year, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I tell
2: you, I tell you what, it is a lot of work putting together a convention, whether it's physical or virtual, there's, there's challenges each yeah. way. It's, it, it's, 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 it's a lot of work. And I'm very fortunate to have some folks uh, who dig in and help me each and every year. And, you know, gosh, yeah, it's essentially uh, volunteer work because uh, whatever I can pay them to do it, it's not worth their time. I mean, you'd make more, uh, you know, bagging groceries probably than working for GaryCon. So it's not, it's not glamorous. Uh, but the payoff uh, is being able to walk the hallways and see smiles on people's faces, the laughter, the oh no, or the yeah, you know, all that, all that sort of stuff. Seeing, uh, gosh, uh, there's a couple guys, Rich Franks and Jim Scatch, have been coming to, since GaryCon one. And then they started bringing their kids at like number two two and three. And I've seen him go from you know, five, six, seven, you know, in, in early teens all the way up to adulthood. But I remember they ran their first all kids game at Gary con four, uh, where you're Rich's kid uh, for his brothers and and, and, and uh, Sketch's kids, too. And they they played and they're all gamers. They're like some they I think they're in, either out of college or in college. You know, at this point now, all of them. Uh, and they're still gamers. They're playing D and D and Dungeon Call Classics and this sort of stuff. So that's just amazing to see that. To hear uh, and see the collaborations that come together at GaryCon and the other creative, uh, you know, the people that get together and make make uh, products. Um, it's just what you, you know. And I've become and I've gotten to be friends with a whole bunch of people uh, that I wouldn't have otherwise. It uh, even reconnect with you know guys like Larry Elmore and. And Jeff Easley, and you know, uh, just got you know, just folks. You know, I have a reason to call Tim Cask and Jim Ward. who are kind of like <laughs> uncles. So, yeah, I I, mean, I, call, it's, I just yeah. called both of them last week <laughs> and, and chatted with them. Uh, and you know, I've just, I'll call up Larry sometimes if I need something, and we'll be on the because if you talk to Larry Elmore, if you give him a call, you're going to be on the phone for about forty five minutes minimum because he <laughs> loves to talk. A great guy. No, I love Larry, and it's great because I want to talk to him for about two yeah. hours, and, but yeah, I was like, hey, yeah. I got to you go. Know,
1: yeah, we're yeah, we're so it's,
2: it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, we're very uh, understanding of that here on Wandering DMs, uh, which uh, the show, which I think <laughs> began because Dan and I were like, "Do you want to? you want to talk again? Like, should we? T- maybe we'll turn on the cameras this time
2: when we talk." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. I, it's funny. I do the same thing. I do. I do what became Luke's lounge. I don't know how it just not the most savvy name in the world. But uh, I'm a California <laughs> National Guardsman full time. That's, that's, that's what I do. And it was man, it's just been a heck of a past 12 months, right? You got the COVID stuff going on, you've got there were civil unrest, there's wildland fire, 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 fires going everywhere. It's, it's, it was crazy, crazy, crazy year, and it's still a little bit crazy. Now we're doing vaccinations, right? Uh I'd be working long hours, right? And I'd get home, whatever it's get off, it's about eight o'clock at night. I'm like, man, I, I'd like to talk to somebody, I'd like to talk, you know, talk about some nerd stuff with people. And so I just <laughs> got on Facebook and said, Who wants to do a zoom chat? Here's my you know, put the link out there and then see who popped in and we would just chat. And I'd have a, you know, have a beer or something and and, and talk to people. And uh, people seemed to like that. And so I started trying to do it a little bit more regularly. And Put it on, uh, put it on Twitch and have guests and stuff, and but it's the same thing, you know. Just yeah. I just was long, just kind of bored and you know, not bored. Well, I shouldn't say bored. I just missed that that contact conversation, right. the, the social socialization. Yep, yep.
0: I think that's been very much a part of all of our experience, and and Paul and I have you know been talking in the like you said in the last twelve months about this <clears throat> unprecedented switch to online gaming, and I think I was just writing a couple weeks back you know very much like you luke one year ago i didn't know how to run a game online and i I actually didn't even have any mental perspective to it and now if i think about running a game all of a sudden i'm not sure how to run a game live anymore (laughs) (laughs) so what a what a huge you know what a huge switch it's been and the, the other funny thing about this past year is as you know as many calamities and and you know problems that we've been dealing with at the same time dnd has exploded right specifically to fill in that gap and you know and that that's kind of been happening for a couple of years um as 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 it's become more visible online and it was and and of course we know that luke you're not an employee of hasbro or you know the, the company that produces dnd now or anything like that but it was just last week that hasbro claimed that on a a financial basis this past year has been the biggest year financially for D&D of all time. And they're even gonna have to restructure the whole company in order to handle that explosion of interest. And I'm wondering if you have, like has that surprised you or what do you think? I I wish your father was still around to see that and comment about what his reaction would be to this unprecedented explosion of of interest in D&D that's happening right now that we didn't see coming.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, a, I wish my father was still here as well. It's uh, <laughs> uh, some very different reasons, but no, that would be great. I, I have thought that oftentimes as we've seen this uptick because I don't know that he fully understood how impactful his game was, you know, because there, there was a time period there where it kind of had, had, had trailed off a bit uh, between third, you know, kind of when fourth edition hit. And it was kind of a, a... wasn't very popular, right? And then fifth edition really picked it up, and I think he would... He would have i think a i think he'd be very humbled and 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 proud of his role in the D and d uh he'd probably enjoy some things about fifth edition and then probably grumble about some other things he he was not a big fan of playing monsters as character so that mm-hmm. everyone's playing drow this and that he, he probably wouldn't care care for, care for that very <laughs> much i think i think but you know who knows he changed over time and his opinions changed over time uh so Uh, He was a, you know, he was a hard, he stuck hard to the to the rules. I I guess he wrote him. Well, some rules. you know, he didn't use weapon speed factor. But we did use, uh, like, Melf, my one of my characters, Melf was uh, an elf. And so I could only make it to seventh, seventh, eighth level fighter, I can't remember what it was, Maybe it was ninth, but I I could only make it so high. And then I had to raise my strength through magic, magic up to 19 to be able to achieve, you know, you know, and wishes and and tomes and all that to be able to elevate my level a little bit higher uh mm-hmm. so i think i had 19 strength 19 intelligence and but it that was you know i was maxed out at uh 11 12 i think is what i ended up being that uh, that was it i could never get any higher you know uh so so you know he, he was a little bit more you know structured in in, in that sense uh, whereas dd fifth edition very unstructured uh there's they removed a lot of you know the wonkiness uh in uh playing you know, a a wizard, right, a magic user is pretty weak at first level, right? But then they hit start hitting this power band when they get fireball and some of these other spells and suddenly, you know, they're pretty formidable, right? Uh, Whereas everybody in fifth edition has everybody has a long sword, right? The cantrip. So it's kind of equal But he'd be amazed. He'd be amazed. I'm amazed. Did I see it coming? No, I didn't see it coming. I've seen it coming. And I'm not surprised that this year was a peak. Think about what was going on when D and D really fired off, right? In the late seventies, um, it was uh, stagflation was going on. There was a lot of uh, 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 people feeling down about America. We thought capitalism wasn't capitalism was a, a dead system. Communism was was you know people were purporting that communism was going to take over the world, and that was where it was going to you know where it was going to be at. There was a uh, you know gas uh, issue, gasoline problems. It was a america was a rough place we'd just come out of some uh some tough uh racial tensions and and the vietnam war wasn't that long ago you know jimmy carter was an office. so it was tough times right and people didn't have a lot of money uh and and so in a sense you could buy d d and and you could escape from reality and it was pretty economical for the number of hours that you were able to get of enjoyment able to get out of a ten dollar book which is a lot of money right uh, back then. So similar kinds of things. Uh, we, we can't really travel as much. So we're a little bit limited there. But we do have this technology to reach out to people. We have most people have a little bit more free time or less options for their free time. And so uh, D&D is out there. It's a wonderful option. We have some amazing ambassadors who are uh, demystifying it. Uh, and, and so I think it, that's why it's it's caught on.
0: Would you accept Would you accept a guest appearance on Critical Role if offered that? Because I mean, it's it's fifth edition, right? It's fifth edition, but it, it's fairly prominent. So I'm wondering, like, if Critical Role came down and said, "Let's have a special guest mm-hmm. slot for, for you, Luke," would you would you accept that, or would you say no, not not acceptable? Of course, I would. I love those
2: guys. <laughs> I, I did. Uh, I, I mean, they are they're so nice. Are you kidding me? Their whole team is super welcoming. They've they've helped me out. Uh, so Matt Mercer's been a guest at GaryCon. He came just quietly, just so he could enjoy some gaming. The poor guy got mobbed there anyway. Oh, He's come on Founders yeah. and Legends and helped me. He's played with me there. The first Founders and Legends I did. This is just how so, so. I do naive I am about things. So GaryCon got bigger, right? So GaryCon got bigger, and initially it was just a couple hundred people. We'd get together. We we'd have food. We'd have some beers. We'd play some D anD. D it was a great time to see old friends and family. And then suddenly it grew and I had to work. And I tried to sit down for a game and people were like, we need you to do this, we need you to do this. I didn't get to have, it was all work, right? Yeah, so there yeah. wasn't much fun. So I said, You know what, this is great. I love, you know, it's rewarding, it's rewarding, but I'm not getting like my game on. So maybe we need to go out around my dad's birthday, and do some gaming with just my friends. And like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And so some, yeah, we're we're kind of spitballing it, like when can we do, it? Yeah, we'll do it in July here, or there. Like you know what we could probably stream this. I was like, "Yeah, that can't be that hard. Let's stream it." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started. I talked to to like Bart Carroll at Wizards, and you know, talked to the Wizards guys. And Bart Carroll ended up helping me out and uh, put me in touch with the uh, Critical Role guys and got me a studio. They're like, "Yeah, you can use our studio. We just got a studio." So the first founders and legends was shot in their studio <laughs> with their crew. Wow. I just paid them to do it. But in th- yeah, I basically had three weeks to put it together because I had no idea. And I didn't ask anybody I said, Well, yeah, let's just stream like we're just doing one day. So let's just stream 12 hours. Do you know how much work that is so 12 <laughs> hours stream? Yeah. yeah. Holy, if you'd, go, holy this, if
0: you'd asked us this one year ago, we would go, no, but we have a pretty good idea. And then when you ask us this today,
2: the answer is, yeah, we know in space. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> it's a crap load of work. So it was like 16 hours, and we were just doing it live, going back to back. So Satine was the community manager for D&D, and, and Bart and her came out. And uh, I had the whole crew, for, the whole you know uh, technical crew from Critical Role supported me in their studios. All I had to do was just cover up like the Critical Role stuff. So I had to put some tablecloths over some things and hung a Gary Con banner over where you know Matt was sitting. Uh, and then we we just did it from there. So yeah, Critical Role guys, super nice. Love those guys.
1: Awesome, awesome. I'm kind of curious. So you talk about the the growth of Gary Con. Is there um you know do you foresee that continuing over the years, or is there a cap? Are you going to like
2: Keep it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Okay, so uh, I am not. I I don't want to cap it. I think that the more people that come is more people who are joining in the celebration of my father's life and his works and uh, and it, to be honest with you, you know he's no he, he's not here any longer but there are still a lot of these these folks who are here you know Jim Ward Tim Cast. Mike Carr, people don't know, you know t- uh, Tom Waam, uh, Jeff Easley's like All these folks, they're still here. They were so important to us. Zeb Cook, you know, very important to uh, the foundation of uh, of of and and even some of the wargaming guys are still around. Um, you know, we talked about dice earlier. Kuzaki was the, mm-hmm. kind of the first guy to make dice in the U.S., right? Uh, he's still around. He's like 88, and he still comes to GaryCon and runs a booth. That's where you know, <laughs> handy guys. Uh, he's great. He's great. Uh, but yeah, I've known Lou for like my entire life. Uh, uh, and then uh, Dave Wesley, yeah. he's the guy who created Bronstein, which is the spark for uh, Blackmore, right? And then uh, 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 David McGarry, who created Dungeon, the board game, which was actually a I always thought dungeon came out after D&D. Well, no, they were contemporaries but he couldn't get Dungeon published for a long time. So it was contemporary. So he was one of Arneson's gamers playing Blackmore, And uh, he's like, man, I, I wanna play more, but I don't wanna referee. That's what they called him back then. I don't wanna referee. So he made a board and, and cards to kind of be a referee-less game. And, and that was Dungeon. So Dave McGarry comes and runs Dungeon on, on uh, Dave Arneson's ping pong table. Uh, we've got the Empire of the Pedal Throne Foundation for Professor M. A. R. Barker made this beautiful world, uh, very detailed world of uh, chemical that uh, you can play in is again, uh, created independent of D&D, uh, mm-hmm. but certainly at that same time period. Uh, so there's this whole historical aspect, you can do it at, at, at Gary Khan but it can't grow any bigger. Lake Geneva has a town of 6000, 7000 people, <laughs> maybe, we're in the biggest place. It's uh, so it's a resort town, so we're at the biggest place, the Grand Geneva Resort and Spa, mm-hmm. and it is the site of Gen Con 10 in 1978, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, so it does have some history to uh, to to gaming. It's about 10 minutes 10 minutes or less away from the last headquarters of TSR in in Lake Geneva. There's all sorts of little artifacts uh, there uh, around the area. So it's an it's the appropriate place. It's where I grew up. It's yep. where D&D was written. It's where TSR started. Um, so it's it's that's where it should be, and about we can maybe get three thousand people total if we use the entire campus, and, and and that's about it. So other than spreading to satellite locations, which is possible, but presents a whole host of logistical challenges. Mm-hmm. About three thousand is max. So virtual allows us to welcome nice. other folks, and still, you know, enable people to to gather and, and share in that camaraderie. Uh, as well and, and, and that's what's that's what i think is special about gary khan uh and of course i'm biased. i mean uh you know, i put a lot of blood sweat and tears into gary khan every year along with a lot of other really good people who deserve recognition the gary khan the whole gary khan staff um but yeah it's, it's a there's a camaraderie around it it's not it, it, it came out of a family event um you talked about how my dad would respond to people and everything like that i mean I take time to go around and say, hey, how are you? Thanks for coming. Really appreciate it. Uh, we try to do nice things. We have like a little pizza party on Wednesdays. So when you come get your badge, we just have pizza and beer that comes along. You know, it's free. There's no expectation of anything else. Uh, we'll do like movie nights. We'll just try to give back and, and do fun things and encourage that sense of community. Um, mm-hmm. Games, you pay for the badge, and like 99.95% of the games don't cost anything more. There's a few that have some prizes or at a special location. So there's additional fee, very, very few. So you basically you buy your badge, and you can play games, as many games as you want. No, the only thing that's limits is availability, generally have more than enough. And then uh, uh, you know we don't want any empty seats. So if you just come to Garycon, and there is an empty seat at a table, we have like a red flag and a green flag, the green flag is up uh, on a pizza thing. A little pizza stand or whatever. That means, come on up. We have room, and we're we haven't gotten far enough into the adventure that you're still welcome to join in. And a red is no, we're full, or you know, we're already in the midst. There's no generic tickets. There's none of that. Just come up and play games. We don't want empty seats. We want you to have fun, uh, and that's what it's about. So, that's yeah. great. So, go no, come to GaryCon. Please come to GaryCon. <laughs> come <laughs> if you can't if you can't get there uh, uh, for whatever reason. Come to virtual GaryCon. Um, I think another reason—I'll be honest with you—I told you the town is seven, you know, six, seven thousand people. Uh, it's also an hour away from the nearest airport, right? So Milwaukee's an hour. O'Hare is about an hour and fifteen minutes. There's no real bus or shuttle service that goes there. So if you want to come to GaryCon, you're either driving or you're flying into those spots, taking a taxi service or renting a car to come to GaryCon. Yeah. So if you want to come, you are coming because you really want to.
1: That was uh, that was certainly my experience. The one year that Dan and I went, um, yeah. I remember r- racing because I was signed up for a I think like a six p.m. Uh, uh, Brownstein game with uh, with David Wesley yeah. Dave. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that something happened in my flight where I was like a little delayed and then I'm waiting there to get the car rental and I just remember just tearing (laughs) down the (laughs) highway to get there in time I think I barely managed to throw my stuff into my room and, and sit into the seat just in time for the game um yeah it's definitely um there's some effort there's some effort to make it happen
0: I I will say that certainly among the, um, I mean, for me, among the the most special elements of Gary Khan is getting to actually rub shoulders with, you know, all these people that were my heroes. The the whole list that you just went through, Luke, is just like every single one of those persons is a personal hero of mine. And I was starstruck that they are, you know, they're they're people and they're perfectly willing to, like, hang out and chat about (laughs) D&D. And, like, uh, about David Wesley, I will point out... um, Paul, that uh, he was watching our sh- this show on YouTube a couple weeks ago, and he left a comment that apparently I believe I, mi- I mispronounced his name. I believe, and so <laughs> I believe that I believe David's watching again. I-, I believe I've been informed to very carefully say David Wesley. Um, uh, That's correct. Is, is what he is the comment that he that he left that I'm going to that I'm going to honor as much as possible. Excellent. Um, uh, yeah, as, I think it's a as Welsh far name or as, <laughs> something. Understood. Understood. And we're trying to get him on the show. Frankly, if we could get if we could get David uh, Wesley on the show, we would love to. We would love to hear his uh, his observations of early gaming too. Um, sure. As far as GaryCon badges that you're talking about, Luke, the other benefit mm-hmm. that I saw uh, like this year is everybody that gets a badge of any level uh, gets access to an adventure that you wrote that actually has content. I think for uh fantasy grounds fantasy virtual grounds. tabletop i believe yeah, yeah. and yeah. i think you do yeah, something so, uh, like that every year now right
2: yes yeah so um so my dad always encouraged me to write and follow in his footsteps uh doing stuff it, it i mean come on it, my dad had uh, was a, was a relatively a relatively well-known person certainly i would say famous in the gaming community at least right i think that's fair to say and growing up as a young man you want to make your own identity a lot of times right so it used to bother me that people would be like, oh, Gary Gygax is your dad. You must be this and that. So it was kind of weird. So, you know, during that tumultuous time as a, as a teenager, you know, I fought with my dad just like lots of kids, right? You know, he's, he was my dad too, right? I mean, he's still my best friend growing up and stuff, but still, you know, there's always tension. So uh, I went my kind of went my own way and joined the army at uh, 18 and kind of made, made a, you know, made my way that way uh, to kind of separate. Uh, 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 who I was. Uh, and for some reason, I totally just lost my train of thought. I don't know why I, I, I
0: did that. <laughs> well, you know, that's an, apologize, an intense, but, you, I, that's
2: an intense vein you just yeah. got
0: on there. So I, I said, yeah, it, it, was, it was.
2: Yeah, it still was because I was like going back. I was like, oh man, these stupid arguments I had with my dad. I, I, for those of you out there watching, if you, did, if you did something like that, I think it's pretty common and, and it happens. It's like a ridiculous arguments with your parents over, you know, and now as a parent yeah. myself, I, I'm like, okay, just wait till. When you're a little older, you'll look back on this; it'll be okay. <laughs> but I, I can't remember what the heck I was saying. But I'm sorry, <laughs> um, Dan. I think well, I asked, wanted. Yeah. Go ahead, Dan.
0: Well, I wanted. So, so, I mean, like Paul and I have spent quite some time thinking about uh, the difference, you know, between adventures that you're writing for a long-running campaign versus something in a convention tournament situation with a limited amount of time. Uh, and pa- in the past, Paul it. and I have spent a lot of time thinking about like tournament uh, scoring systems. And that, you know, again, not being part of the convention scene in the 70s, in the, in the 70s, mm-hmm. it looks like they varied quite a lot in the early years. And we've been thinking about the best way to present a tournament scoring system. And I mean, there's this show that um, there's a show that we, we caught on YouTube that's called The Big Bad. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know if you've seen that, movie, but it's kind of interesting. And and, 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 and the two people running it uh, spent quite a bit of time on the scoring system uh, and worked out okay. They, they, Not everybody was happy. Everybody's
2: perfectly happy. <laughs> no, they didn't. Get, I, I think there were some serious issues, some flaws in that scoring system. Personally, yeah, I, don't uh. I don't know about
0: that. I'll, I'll respect
2: your crazy opinion. Um, so. <laughs> So how do
0: how do you approach right? So when you make one of these tournament yeah. adventures, like what's your approach now to the to the scoring system it, to, that that yeah. makes you happy?
2: Yeah. So I yeah I, I knew where we were going. With that my dad wanted me to follow in his footsteps. I kind yeah. of wanted to make my own definition of myself. I joined the army. I didn't really do some of those things. But when I came back to it a little bit later in life, he encouraged me. We wrote. G- my brother and I wrote Gax War in like 2001. He helped us with that. He play tested. It was great. Uh, and then it. You know, during GaryCon, it started getting a little bit bigger, and I'm like, "Well, you know, is my time really best spent, you know, doing the logistics of GaryCon, or you know, wouldn't it be cool if I wrote a little module every year just to do like a GaryCon tournament, right?" Because so I was thinking the the, the Gen Con Open kind of tournament, and so I just dug in and started writing, and I asked Jim Ward to help me out, and so we just wrote a two part uh, two part series. We take a single single elimination. We just pick the best team, and, and the things that. You know, I'm, I'm not a math math professor math teacher, so uh, uh, I was a little bit more uh, subjective probably than objective in in, in my metric uh, for it. But it's really, you know, did all the characters, did you accomplish the goal? Did you make it to the end and successfully, you know, figure out whatever the puzzle was or or did you get that far? Did you... Are all the player you know how many players did you lose how long did it take you uh, did you bypass this thing that you could have or did you kind of blunder stupidly through it uh, those were more the quality the aspects that that we would look at so typically I want to put a time limit on things I want to give them a chance to find a way around perhaps a difficult uh, obstacle that they if they got some clues or hints that would show oh clever play as opposed to just you know smashing through it um, and then how many how many survived? Uh, and you could also did they use up the number of magic items or whatever that are there to help. Another thing is when people are playing, you, you don't want them ah. to, to just have this experience where they get killed right away, right? Because then they'll doesn't give a good, good, good playability. So you might give them some lifelines that they can use, but that might be oh they had to use this mm. that's minus five or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just try to do a one to one hundred. So that's kind of that's kind of how I've I've uh, done it in the past, uh, and then we try to give a little rubric to the GMs and just let them note it and pick pick the best groups and send them on and whoever finishes uh, finishes and kills the uh, bad guys or gets as close to it and makes these little similar type of check marks in part two would get the crown great great yeah we're ready when we're ready i I mean i think it's a
0: really fascinating play style right and it it, it's weird how how many years it took me to really see the difference between long-running campaign and you know intense time-limited tournament situation. I personally, when I I guess when I first went to Gen Con, participated in the D&D Open at the time, I was like, this is the kind of gaming, this is hardcore and intense. And this is the kind of gaming as a as a person who's very competitive and grew up doing competitive sports, uh, you know, is really interested in. Now, do you always publish those adventures after Gary Con, am I right? Those are those are publicly available?
2: Usually at, at Gary Con. And to be honest with you, it was, I mean, I don't think I've made money on these things. It costs more to put them together. And I usually print 100 or 200. And just sell them at, at Garycon. It's a way to also like raise money for charity, we'll take the number one, and we'll put it up for charity. And, and uh, my dad, you know, supported charity in various forms. I think I signed him up for I saw the, you know, it the starving kids in Africa thing or whatever the uh, children, children's fund, something like that. And so I, I you know, I got that information and made him, you know, we support he supported uh, uh, some children that way. And also the the uh, wounded warrior uh, project, the uh, Fisher House, uh, things like that were important to him as well. So we, su- we support Wounded uh, Wounded warrior project extra life, which is Children's Hospital. Uh, and then I even started a 501 because somebody gave me money, and I just didn't want to pay. Yeah, it's like, okay, fine you know, if you want me to dispense money to two people, uh, you know, I want to have it in a 501C3. I want to have a, a, you know, a board put together and do it the right way. So I started the Game Designers Initiative. And it's just fledgling, of course. It started right during COVID. So we haven't had a chance to really uh, gather money. But the purpose is, a lot of these guys, as you as you noted, they're, they're guys, regular guys and girls, right? Who happen to be working in the gaming industry and did some great stuff. But a lot of them, you know, didn't make great money, don't have uh, pensions, don't have, uh, you know, medical and so they can find themselves in some tough spots and so my thought was wouldn't this be nice if there's some unexpected medical bills or something that pops up to be able to write a check for a few thousand dollars just to maybe help them for that temporarily until maybe some services can can be found so that was my purpose uh with that uh but yeah uh, the, the tournaments the tournament modules are, are great i don't make a lot of money i am uh, just now just uh for garytown 13 i'm putting the first three my blighted lands modules i'm converting them to first edition correction to fifth edition and first edition having re-edited and kind of laid out for a pdf format as opposed to just, you know i said print files or in InDesign or whatever it was uh and then we'll have those and you're right so every badge at gary the basic badge is 20 bucks and with that comes three months of fantasy grounds uh, university free uh fantasy grounds is converting my lock Geneva module to. Uh, I wrote with Jeff Talanian last year, uh, Trouble in Lakshiva, to uh, uh, to fit fantasy grounds that comes complimentary with your fantasy grounds. We have seven days of the top tier of table, tabletopia, which is another VTT, a board game VTT. And uh, my friends at Frog Gods said, hey, we'll just kick in 20 bucks of virtual swag for every badge as well. So I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> so nice. we've got, I, I think that's 50 plus dollars of, of perks when you purchase a $20 badge and then our upper tier badges they register a little bit early we have enough games that it's i really don't think you need to really worry too much about when you register we got plenty of games uh but it does come with uh, additional goodies uh, virtual digital swag from our sponsors uh, so our vendors you know i was trying to figure out how can i get back to vendors right what, what can we do for them And so we said hey throw us some digital swag that we'll bundle up and put in these in these uh, badges, and we'll name discord rooms after you where people go to game. And then when they come into the general room to get to their specific table, you can interact with them, if, or, you know, in, in some way, and it's kind of like people walking past a group. That's really hard. Uh, you know, it's been a it's been a difficult thing. and I, I want these vendors to be here. You know, when when we are back to doing conventions, hopefully in this fall, right? I want to see all these small vendors and artists and stuff still there and not out of the business because they this hiatus has, has killed them and, and a lot of them get their business. So yeah, uh, uh, so, so that's the gig there. And, and like I said, the Astral badge is 50 bucks, you'll get like a $100 of, of virtual swag from our uh, vendors' porters, And then the elemental badge is 150 bucks. And it comes with $300 of swag. And uh, Those, I mean, honestly, I I found that a lot of people want to support GaryCon, want to make sure it's there. So I made a more expensive badge for them to be able to do so. Again, you register a little bit early, there's some events that are, you know, primarily for those folks first. Uh, But again, in the spirit of GaryCon, if there's an empty seat, we're not going to turn people away, you come in, I don't you know, some exclusivity in some things. Yeah, but if if there's a there's a seat at a table, I'd rather have it filled and, and not worry about what yeah. what kind of what color badge you have, right?
1: Awesome. I, I love that you're experimenting with ways to give it uh, that feeling of, um, of just community, of, of, of walking around a convention center. I feel like that's sort of the thing that I keep feeling like is missing from some of the virtual cons is, is that ability uh, at the physical cons to just just walk around and just sort of take it in and spot something unusual and go, oh, what the heck's
2: that? I'm going to go pop in and take a look. Huh. Isn't that the beauty of of the convention? And you're ah. you're 100 correct. And uh, I'm not sure how we can do that. I looked at some uh, some software, some some services that would kind of digitize your convention area and this sort of stuff. But I think the minimum was like twenty five or fifty thousand dollars like yeah. well yeah, I, think I can do that guys yeah. so no so yeah this this is the best that we can do but you're but you're right it's just not quite the same as being able to go up and shake a hand or give somebody a hug or walk through the exhibit hall and oh hey what's that game talk to me about it so in discord you can you can get that aspect because you can be oh what's this game you know i just watched a 20 second you know video on it or whatever now i'm gonna open up the video, and we're going to chat in discord about it. And they're going to show me about these things. And I think that works really well. And uh, I had another friend of mine, uh, recommend to me that uh, really, and I I missed the boat, I think for for this Gary con, but uh, uh, this could be done in future. It would be cool to have uh, just in in, it could be in Twitch or even discord, probably Twitch, uh, advertise when artisans are are doing their work, right? I think you could probably do it in Discord because you can have like twenty five people in a Discord chat, yeah, video chat, pretty easily, and you could see an artisan. You know, like my friend uh, Jerry Savage. Uh, he makes these really cool dragon pens. I, think I have one, you may not be able to. You may not be able to see it, but Savage Creations. If you're looking for Savage Creations, Jerry Savage is his name. Uh, so yeah, it's like this cool dragon pen, right? And it's really, really nice. You can engrave them and do all this stuff. Yeah. And puts a little gem on the top. So it's really cool. And, uh, you know, he hand works these, right? So you could see somebody doing leather work or making these sorts of things. And that would give people like to see that. And then they like, oh, wow, I have a connection with this thing. I would like to order one of those and then they can do so. Uh, That's probably a way to help vendors out. Uh, But yeah, Jerry, Jerry Savage. Funny, funny story here. Uh, he, I met him when he was about sixteen. I was probably twelve. He was dating my sister Heidi for a little bit. And he'd come to the house to pick her up, and my dad was uh, running D and D, you know, on those nights. And he'd kind of peek in as you know they said goodbye. So they dated for like you know a couple weeks or something. in was high school, and then they broke up. But uh, he he asked my sister, "Hey, do you think I could play your dad's D and D game?"
0: <laughs> and so that's how
2: so Sunny so came in, and he was Urav the Savage. I think his highest stat is a twelve. That's <laughs> <So> <laughs> terrible. But he went and adventured with Melf all through uh, all through Sajkamp and uh, uh, lost uh, Forgotten Temple of Thrisden and some other things. So Sonny played with us, and I'd played fight in the Skies with him and other folks at, at his place. And, uh, you know, until he joined the army, and uh, uh, then he when he got out of the army, I was I saw him. He was out of basic. I should have said he went. To, he was an infantryman. And uh, I was like, Oh, wow, Sonny's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it sounds like a neat thing. So when I uh, and then he got out and he went to the reserves and he said, Hey, you should join the reserves, get some college money or whatever. So I went and talked to a recruiter and I ended up getting talked into going active duty. Uh, and I thought I was gonna do a two year enlistment. And I said, Well, you know, my friend was in the infantry. And they're like, Oh, yeah, infantry. Well, <laughs> no problem, buddy. You know, my test scores were great. I could have done whatever, but they're like, Oh, you want to go the army infantry? Yeah. Sweet, Oh will hook you right up, buddy. Uh, and so, yeah, thirty-one years later, I'm still in uniform. Never had a break in service. Uh, I've always either been National Guard Reserve or active. So, yeah. But that was thanks, Sonny. Thanks. That's his fault. Uh, that's <laughs> I know great. him as I know him as Sonny, but his he's Jerry. His father is also Jerry. So he was Sonny to us, but everybody else calls him Jerry. Wonderful work.
0: You know, I okay. So one thing I can't let go by that you just said there, and now this is we're going to have to have you back. Luke, mm-hmm. and have a whole different discussion because I, I kind of <laughs> wanted to ask, but like, like what adventuring locales you experienced with your father? And the, uh, maybe the one thing I'm going to ask here is if you played through the Thurizden adventure, did you get to the lowest level? Did you actually see Thurizden? Because that is really hard to do in that
2: adventure. Is that where we had to? Yeah, we, I mean, gosh, it was a long time ago. And I, I <laughs> yeah, I'm not really, the scope. But that's the other thing I, is I, like, remember, a lot of these I played. But my dad yeah. never let. He didn't let you look at them. he didn't get to see you know, That was for the yeah. DM, right? You know, you don't get to look stuff. But uh, we put on the robes and had the thuribles and all that sort of stuff and went down. Yeah, so I think we, we went all the way down there. Crazy. And Pretty, uh, that so is like. Yeah,
0: a, I, I read that, and that's really hard to do. That's I'm, I'm amazed <laughs> that you managed to to find that because that's like incredibly, comparatively hard. You must be a really good
2: player. you know. that's what I'm saying. Uh, it depends. If you're watching, I am playing Monday nights of 5e with the uh, the idol champions guys and I'm just getting my butt handed to me. I had like terrible die rolls or things like I was getting a gibbering mother was it? that was horrible. So yeah, some days I'm on fire and other days not so much. But uh, yeah, I, I got to play Lost uh, Forgotten Temple of Thriston. That was a great adventure. Very indirect. Thristen's very scary. Uh and I tell you what, uh Mike Merles. Mike Merles brought back uh tied in that adventure to if, if they have it like mislabeled wizards put it up again it was founders and legends one but i think they call it jocks machina but if you do yeah, i played it was playing with the joe manganello mike Merles was dming so go like founders and legends jocks machina and, and you'll bring it up it's not a jocks Machina. sorry that the title is that uh but yeah it's joe was playing archon i was playing Melf. we had a whole bunch of other uh, uh, uh tj storm was was there it was great david baxter from legion M, a lot of great Players and who all became very good friends of mine at this point. Uh, and Mike Morrill's DMing it. And man, he ties, I'm pretty sure that's the Risden tied in there. And uh, I'm trying to wrap up that adventure arc. We've done like three of them, uh, but it's harder to get a hold. Joe's busier and busier. And, you know, it's hard to, with COVID and everything, get everybody together. But, but yeah, no, I love that. And I got to play a ton of those. My first character was a, a ranger who went through the G series and the D series. So got wow. to play those. A lot wow. of fun. Awesome. I probably
0: we'll probably need to have you back on to, <laughs> to come up with as many details about that as you can because that was I had a whole I had a whole hour extra hour long list of questions just on that that locale stuff in your experience. Um, Speaking... I will I will remind viewers if you did, hadn't seen it before. So in in the the tournament the online tournament that we had last year that we called the Big Bad Luke was in episode what four was it Paul
1: four yeah. I think
0: and you know one of our one of our fi- favorite episodes there. And uh, one, our moderator uh, William there is reminding us that when Luke first came on screen, uh, you said, "Okay, gang, we need to put together and find out how many poles, ropes, sacks, mirrors, cloves of garlic, uh, search for traps, <laughs> listen for things, look for this, and uh, just like the, all the classic, you know, cover all the bases of all the classic D and D traps." And our viewers. Uh, remember that is now referred to as the Gygax Litany of like every 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 imaginable classic D and D trap that Luke was prepared for is now referred to as the Gygax Litany, and that is that's that that that's that's now memorialized under that name. Just so you know, we 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 adored your that. playing that so much. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. No, it was we a are, lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, even if even if the results were rigged. It was a lot of fun to play. I, we know we know that that the team stefano was was on top of it that was a, uh, that, it was was a
0: gr- that was such a wonderful team and yeah folks it was, show up on it costume was a costume and had a it. song and that was the only episode <laughs> that any of that kind of crazy stuff happened and it was um many many of our viewers were rooting for that team
1: yeah, we'll yeah definitely definitely yeah, fan favorite it, it
2: was a, it was it was a ton of fun and obviously yeah i'm gonna razz you guys if i'd <laughs> like to win but I had a great time. Uh, It was close, I'm sure. There's other other great competitors out there, so uh, you can't always win every every time, and and that's all right. Uh, But I want to tell you, the song, the the song part, that really does add another dimension uh, to the game, and it's great. And when you, I'm serious, like uh, Jason Charles Miller is uh, DMing a three part series for, for for GaryCon, the March to GaryCon. So the first one was last night. And then it'll be the 13th and the 20th at 6 p.m pacific on, on garycon gaxmore because we have several channels so garycon twitch.tv garycon gaxmore uh but man he 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 killed it man this he was amazing i can't say i i i texted last night i was like dude you are awesome i couldn't believe it so he not only does he do these great voices so he's reading some of my material based it in some of my worlds or whatever but uh he was reading stuff by written. i was like that's really good, and I was like, "Wait a second! I think I wrote that." And I was like, "It just sounds so much better." I was like, "Wow, he's really good. This is just genius stuff." And I'm like, "Oh wait, I wrote that, but he just made it sound really, really good." It, it, it was amazing. Then he threw in a bard and he created a little song and and played. I was like, "Oh, well, wow. there's there's genius," and the, the cast in that is, is fantastic. I want to give a shout out to all those guys. You know, Vivid uh Adriana, uh, or Idrusa. I think is kind of Idrusa Gaming. Her handle, uh, Abria Ayengar uh, B. Dave Walters, and Eric Campbell—just all of them hit a home run. And uh, I got to find a way to keep them together and do more adventures after this three-part because they're just—it was—it was amazing. Awesome, awesome.
1: We are definitely running the clock now, so I'm gonna—I'm gonna rein us in. and Ask guys, is there is there anything, uh, Luke, about uh,
2: Gary Khan that we
1: that we missed that, uh, that you want to make sure gets out there?
2: Uh, I just, I, just to say, we have lots of events. Uh, we're, you know, global. Uh, please, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this, uh, tell a friend, come with a friend, sign up for some games. You can get badges at play.garrycon.com, and come join us. Uh, that's 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 really my main message. Uh, keep playing, keep the community strong. I know there's a lot of virtual uh, stuff going on out there, uh, uh, but we'll be back together in person soon. Uh, come, shake some dice with us, and have some fun.
1: Awesome, awesome. We will uh, for sure have some links in the description text of this video uh, to point you folks to Gary Khan um, in case in case you missed it, as well as uh, uh, the the streams, the Twitch channels that Luke was mentioning there. Um, and I see that the uh, Founders and Legends jocks Machina link has made its way into our chat. So uh, thank you, Bucky, for uh, putting that in there. Um, so, yeah, uh, do check that out. And uh, while you're there, also take a look uh, in the uh, text description for a link to our sponsor, Describe. Uh, that's uh, Describe.com slash wandering, uh, D-S-C-R-Y-B.com. Dan, what, what can our viewers find at Describe? Well, I'm
0: glad you asked that, Paul. So Describe are professional writers of box text, and they provide professionally written, really interesting, esoteric, short descriptions for new things in your game to save you prep time if you're a DM, Uh, descriptions of new locations or monsters or spells or magic items or things like that. And they also have a search facility. So if your players go completely off the rails, which we're in favor of, frankly, and we encourage, uh, (laughs) you can search up some brand new thing that you didn't know you needed before that on Describe.com. And, of course, if you go there and enter the code WANDERING, uh, you'll get 10% off any order at the moment. Excellent. Again, that's dscryb.com and there is a link in the chat currently and in the YouTube archive after the show. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I guess I should remember, maybe if there's new viewers here, I should remind them that they can like and follow and subscribe to uh, our channel, Wandering Nams. We're here on YouTube, we're on Twitch, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook run GitHub. We're probably on a couple other places that I made accounts for that I've forgotten at this point, but we do have the handle WanderingDMs on all of those sites, and we'd encourage you to uh, follow it to see more content like this interview with Luke and all kinds of other wonderful special guests that we look forward to in the future. Yep.
1: And if you prefer, you can uh, listen to this show in audio-only podcast format. Uh, that's available on our website at WanderingDMs.com. Uh, also through various podcast carriers such as Google Podcasts and iTunes and Spotify. If you are listening to this on one of those carriers right now, please take a moment to uh, rate and review us there on that site. That helps other folks on that uh, site find us, and we really appreciate it.
0: We really do. Uh, i got to give out a big thanks to our patrons who support the Wandering Dams. We could not have special guests like Google Gygax uh, on the show without your generous help. And if you are in a position where you would like to uh, join our generous patrons, Uh, please do visit patreon.com slash wanderingtheends. A couple clues about stuff that's coming up on our channel. Paul is back with a new 10 Dead Rats on Thursday. Uh, Our Wargaming show is off this Saturday, but we'll be back the week after that. Uh, Next week, look for our special guest, uh, Mr. Ethan Gilsdorf, who is a writer and a uh, lecturer, and he's written for the New York Times and the Boston Globe and Wired Magazine and stuff like that. And about 10 years ago, he wrote a very influential book called Fantasy Freaks and Gaming Geeks. And we're going to have Ethan on next week to talk about the influence that that book has had and kind of a retrospective and look back at, again, the same kind of thing we were talking about, Luke, here today, about how incredibly surprised we've all been by the supernova of interest in D&D and role-playing games in the last 10 years that really none of us foresaw. Um, let me see. Is there anything else I'm forgetting, Paul?
1: um i th- think that's about it
0: yeah enormous thanks to luke thank you for your time today we hope that uh, GaryCon 13 is a huge huge success uh again please visit a play.garycon.com and look for the GaryCon gaxmore channel on twitch and again those links will be in our youtube archives here and uh, i hope that's a huge success luke
2: thank you very much it's really a pleasure uh talking to you guys the time goes by too quickly and uh i'd love to come back uh again and and chat with you some more thanks fantastic we'll
0: definitely do that uh don't forget of course we are live every sunday at 1 p.m eastern time here on youtube and twitch so please we hope that you'll join us again next week for another thought-provoking discussion we'll see you then